to another TV Central 101 podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 64, 2023. MasterChef Australia might be over for another year, but the culinary delights now move to the area of the most delicious desserts ever. Dessert Masters premieres on Sunday the 12th of November on 10 and 10 Play and features 10 of the best and award-winning chefs. Morgan Hipworth is a culinary wonderkind, an entrepreneur and a social media sensation known for his mouth-watering creations and incredible baking skills you've probably seen his incredible food photos on instagram or perhaps you tried one of his delectable recipes yourself morgan is not just a talented chef he's also a thriving business owner a food influencer and an all-round food enthusiast in today's episode we'll dive into morgan's culinary journey exploring his passion for food, his rise to social media stardom, and the secrets behind his mouth-watering dishes. We'll also discuss his thriving business, his cooking philosophy, and the ingredients that inspire his creativity. Morgan Hitworth is here now at TV Central. Morgan, thank you for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. Quite the wrap there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've checked out your top three summer desserts online and have to ask, did you bring some Ferrero Rocher Swiss roll to the podcast? <laughs> that sounds to die for. Oh, you're right into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, certainly happy to chat about uh, Dessert Masters, but let's uh, see how you got there. Um, you have an incredible journey. I read you started at the age of seven trying to recreate dishes from cooking reality shows. Seven is obviously young can, can you share the story of how you first became passionate about cooking and baking what what inspired you to, you to pursue a career in uh, the culinary world yeah I guess look for me I started as you said when I was about seven and it started by watching the first season of MasterChef at home I um I remember seeing the first sort of previews for the series come on with my family and thinking what a silly idea who would want to watch somebody cook and then all of a sudden, we needed something to watch, and we found ourselves watching it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I found myself each weekend recreating the dishes that were made during the week, and um, I, it was just a hobby that I needed to do. Mum and Dad at the time were busy renovating our house, and I'm an only child, so I needed something to keep myself occupied on weekends, and um, cooking became that. All of a sudden, I found I was okay at it, at the age of seven somehow and I really enjoyed it so I used to set up our front dining room as a restaurant and I would call it Bistro Morgan and mm -hmm. um that was because I found I loved French fruits I loved like you know steak fruits and like creme brulees and things like that and I'd print out menu cards and I would um print out scorecards and I would set up it all like a restaurant make my mum dad and grandparents come up and knock on the door and I would seat them down at the tables one by one and, and then serve the food and make them score it all out of 10 so that's sort of really where it all started well but you took that one step further didn't you like at 13 you were filling orders for a local cafe how on earth did that come about I mean, yeah so as you said it sort of went from there from home and then um i started when it sort of first turned into a business was between probably 10 and 13 it was family and friends would be like oh here's 50 bucks to make your cousin's birthday cake and little things like that and then when I was 13, I was uh, having some lunch at a local cafe with was my mum and my grandma and we're paying the bill. And I, I used to love making coffee as well. So I had a coffee machine at home. And so we were buying some coffee beans as we were paying the bill. And the lady serving us asked if we wanted them ground or whole bean. And I said, oh, no, I've got my own grinder at home. And obviously 
stopping 13 year olds who you would hear saying that they've got their own grinder and they want whole coffee beans and so it took her a bit by surprise and she said oh why do you know all this stuff about food and i said oh I would do a bit of cooking and baking at home and I showed her some photos and everything. And all of a sudden she said, oh, well, maybe you could bring some samples in here. We're actually looking for a new cake supplier. Maybe you could sell your stuff here. I didn't really think much of it. About three or four weeks later, I sent them an email and the manager came back saying, yeah, that was actually the owner you were speaking to. She asked me to get you some samples in from you. And the next week I took some samples down like everything I could think of baking. And uh, before I knew it, I found myself supplying this cafe uh, at 13 and uh, I was in year nine and they'd place their orders by 3 p.m. and would deliver on the way to school the next morning and I would have baked it all the night before. Wow. Look, I'm actually quite interested in the drive element. Like I get the cooking passion, you're young and you might mm. be this interested in something and, and it's cooking for you, but there is this business element there as well um, that started being an entrepreneur. What motivated you to, to do this you know, rather than, I don't know, playing video games or skateboarding or something. Yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say there's one particular thing. I think, um, definitely like my parents have had a big impact in that, like, you know, mum runs her own business and it's not necessarily been like a, you have to run your own business and things like that, but I've just grown up in a business household, you know, things like talking about tax at the dinner table and GST and stuff is kind of the norm. So I think from a young age, I was sort of treated like an adult and was put into that world. And then for me, I think more than anything is a, it's sort of what fulfills me and gives me a lot of purpose in life. And that's when I really do feel, you know, at my best. So I think, you know, pushing and driving to that point gives me something to work towards and thrive to. Mm. Like school holidays, you had your own pop-up store and you sold, like, I think I read 10,000 donuts in yeah. a week or eight days. I'm, I'm not even sure what the question is here, but I mean, I guess, were these donuts like out of the world or, or was it picking the right place at the right time as well? Um, Perhaps your charm being young, all of the above, or was it just I the... Think it, yeah, it was definitely a combination of everything. I think, you know, still to this day, we make amazing donuts and the key to our donuts as well is honestly just freshness. Making donuts fresh every single morning is a huge difference that a lot of people aren't willing to start the hours need be. So that's what we're doing in the pop-up store. We're starting most mornings at three or four in the morning and making them all fresh every single day. Um, and then, as you said, I was... 15 when the pop-up store was happening so still very young i think a business as a whole is always an entire story it's not necessarily just one product business is a narrative and i think people fall in love with the whole narrative and the brand behind it so i think i was lucky to have a few stars aligned there yeah look on one hand your journey sounds sort of simple like that you enjoyed uh cooking shows recreating selling some stuff at a local cafe a pop-up shop during the school holidays uh then a store I said it seems simple to follow those steps, but there must have been some blood, sweat, and tears in the middle of all of this. I feel like there's a sto there's a story in between all of this. I mean, what challenges did you did you face as a young entrepreneur, or and how'd you overcome them? Yeah, and honestly, we are still facing those challenges today. Like we've just expanded to a second store and about to open a restaurant, and that blood, sweat, and tears is no more true than now than ever. It's you know, there's so much hard work that goes into running a business and especially a food business. Um, food businesses margins are low, labor is high, so it needs to be driven by the owner, whether it's the hard work of setting up stores and and doing pop-ups and things like that, you know, and actually physically building the stores because you can't afford to pay somebody. 
um, or doing other things like that. There's so many challenges, but I think the hardest thing is just the sheer workload. Like at the moment, I'll be working 80 to 100 hours a week um, on a good week. <laughs> the other day, I did an 18 and a half hour day. So it was, you know, there's lots of work going into it. Yeah. I saw a stat that you sold now, I mean, over a million donuts and um, had over 5,000 flavors. I was just thinking about these flavors. Look, I got all the basic flavors um, in my head and I can think of all these other sort of ones, but 5,000, yeah. um, you know, what are some of the flavors that are, are a little bit more out there? Yeah, as you said, you know, that was a lot of those flavors came from when I started at home, I'd be doing um, six new flavors every Saturday and six new flavors every Sunday. So it was, it was crazy the sheer volume of flavors we went through. Now our menu sort of down to our most perfect ones that we've, we've come up with over the years, but we've done all sorts of flavors that you can think of. We've done you know, typical odd donuts like your maple bacon and things like that. We've done a hazelnut dukkah one. Um, we've done even like a few prank ones with like chili tuna on the inside. Yeah. Um, so we've done we've done quite a lot and our fair share. Um, but you know, I think it's all about you know absolutely just getting to the the best and the best of the menu, which is where we're sort of at now. Yeah. So, so tell me about um, Bistro Morgan located in Melbourne, uh, in, in Windsor and Fitzroy. What yeah. can Melburnians expect on the menu? I mean, obviously donuts, um, but I did, I did notice there's a few other things on the menu too. Yeah. So donuts is sort of our, our signature. And I would say definitely if you're coming to visit, make sure you try a donut because that's sort of what started everything as, as we've just said. But nowadays we also do, uh, yeah, so donuts, cookies, scrolls and toasties. Um, so we make some beautiful cinnamon scrolls, which are like a brioche dough rolled in like a cinnamon and then a vanilla glaze on top. Um, we have some great cookies like chocolate chip and we have like a Biscoff cookie butter one. Wow. Um, and then our toasties are amazing. Thick uh, house-made sourdough bread. And I've uh, got things like a Reuben on the inside on the light rye or um, like ham and cheese, um, a chicken avocado. So we have a few really, really good toasties. And then, of course, our, our coffees and our shakes. Yeah. Hopefully there's plans to expand one day. So people, a lot of people like us in WA can, can enjoy your goodies <laughs> as well. And not just when we're popping into Melbourne, but um, what's your creative process like, when, uh, like coming up with new recipes? Where, where do you draw inspiration um, for, you know, your unique and innovative dishes? I think for me, inspiration comes from everywhere. It's things like, um, you know, scrolling through Pinterest and, and searching what some of the, you know, amazing things are done before and how you can adapt it to your version. I think that's the key thing for me, um, looking through supermarket shelves even and, and seeing the new products that have come out and seeing what fruits in season and, and seeing what's available to use to you. I think inspiration is everywhere. Um, it's just being able to actually identify it around you and, and really, you know, hone in on that. Um, I think, yeah, inspiration is easy to find if you know what you're looking for, in all honesty. Um, you know, even just looking at other cafes' menus and, and seeing what dishes, if a hot cake dish has worked, that flavor combination is probably going to work on, say, a donut or a cookie as well. Yeah. All right. So, next stop, Dessert Masters. Um, this is not an amateur series. This is like Top Gun, the best of the best. Um, you definitely an outright success yourself. So, is it daunting sort of being in a group like this? Yeah, 100%. It was um it's daunting, very surreal, you know. I've I've grown up with these people and my fellow contestants and I've got, you know, photos of me and Adriano when I was about 
12 with him doing some of his cooking lessons back in the day. So um, very surreal to be in the same room and, and have my name alongside people of that caliber. Um, so yeah, it, it's daunting, but also very surreal. Well, Melissa uh, and uh, Maria judging, uh, I, I get if you're an amateur chef, um, any bit of advice is helpful and um, judgment is based on, on their professional knowledge. But when you are someone that is at the top of your craft, like yourself um, and Adriana Zumbo, um, when you're being told something is, I don't know, underdone, overdone, not enough flavor, do you take that on board or, or are you thinking under your breath, well, it's not underdone, it's actually perfect? Um, oh, look, I think it's not necessarily, there's more elements that come into play. I think the hardest thing about the MasterChef kitchen environment is the time pressure and that clock is very much real and, and you're cooking in a kitchen that you've never cooked in before. Um, so for me, that was the hardest part. And I think often the things that judges will be saying, you know, in your heart is probably correct. Um, I think that's the key thing and, and they do know what they're talking about and, and that they can identify most things. So I wouldn't say it's, um, it's no, what are you talking about? I think it's more, um, you know, you can understand, but the best thing about it is you can have a conversation and, you know, while that dish is being tasted, a lot of the times it was, oh, was this meant to be like this and things like that. And then you could justify or reason and have a conversation and talk it through. Yeah. Look, I have this this love hate thing going on with with uh, any type of dessert shows. Look, because on one hand, I'm a massive, massive, massive dessert connoisseur. I love desserts, um, so any kind at all. And watching these uh, creations is awesome. But I never seem to be able to recreate anything well. Um, very difficult to make, and usually, um, you just can't buy these kind of desserts anywhere. Have you had that, I mean, it's a nice complaint from others that things are so nice, but like impossible to create because desserts seem to be, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but harder than regular food to, to Yeah, recreate. especially the style that you'll see on Dessert Masters. A lot of the style is very much a, a restaurant style plated dessert or um, a, a style of dessert, what we call entremets, which are like a French laid mousse cake. Um, these sorts of desserts... Look, you can create at home, but as you said, there's a lot of tools that you'll often need that most everyday home cook won't have, um, as well as ingredients, whether it's things like stabilizers or dextrose or whatever the like, you know, special ingredients are. Um, it's stuff that you won't necessarily be able to source easily just from your local supermarket. Um, but yes, I think that's the thing about dessert is there's so much room for creativity there. And at the end of the day, it can almost be like a science experiment, you know, putting different ingredients together and, and playing with a bit of chemistry, um, which is why often it can get a bit more challenging to make it at home. Yeah. Can you give the audience a taste of, oh, pardon the pun, um, of what, what type of desserts we'll see this season? Look, there's some amazing desserts. As I said, a lot of restaurant style, what we call plated desserts. So it's the stuff that you would be, you know, going to some of the top restaurants in Australia and the world and be expecting to see on that dessert menu. Um, there's a lot of challenges that uh, push the boundaries and, and really, you know, help to push us as the contestants to create something that we wouldn't have necessarily done without that little push. So I think, yeah, be expected for some, for some wild and, and wacky stuff and, and some things that isn't necessarily quite what you expect it is from first glance. Yeah. Look, you seem to be lacking a few uh, TikTok followers, I see. Uh, <laughs> 
1.1 million followers. Um, you're also on Instagram at, at Morgan Hipworth. With so many negative influences out there and um, people following all sorts of crazy things, you're pretty chuffed that people, especially young people, are actually engaging in like food and cooking, desserts and things like that. Yeah, 100%. I think for me, um, as you said, social media can be a toxic place and I always just try and keep it as positive as possible. And I think I've I've been lucky enough to find a community who just bond over a love of food. And, and I think that's what I do best. And whether my videos is making people make those exact dishes, whether it's inspiring them just to get into the kitchen or whether it's as simple as them just watching the video going, wow, that looks good you know, amazing. I think it's, there's different levels of the type of people that follow me in that sense, but I think their mutual love is always food. Um, and that's what I really try and do. It's amazing. I've got quite a young demographic of audience. I think my main sort of demographic is around like the 18 to 25 mark. So pretty much my age, which obviously makes sense given that's my age and that sort of seems to resonate with them, but it's amazing to see an age group who typically may not be seen to be big in the kitchen, um, you know, moving into that space. So it's cool. Mm. And just finally, um, I just have to wonder, how, how do you balance the demands of, of your business, social media? And I'm guessing you've got to have some kind of personal life as well. Um, What's that? <laughs> what, what, what is a typical day in the, in the life of Morgan Hitworth look like? Look, it's busy, especially at the moment. It's probably the busiest I've ever been. Um, I'm literally in the process of opening a brand new restaurant, which we're doing all day breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so that's called Maven. So that's going to be next door to our Bistro Morgan Fitzroy store. So that should open early December. So at the moment, I'm pretty busy because we've just opened our new Fitzroy store. We've moved our kitchen to the rear of the Fitzroy store. We're in the process of opening Maven. And as you said, I'm still trying to do my social media stuff and have a little bit of a life somewhere in there. So look today I'm going in, I started, you know, a late bake today. I'm not starting baking till about eight 30 in the morning heading in. I'll be baking all day. We do a lot of wholesale as well. So I'll be prepping a lot of our wholesale orders. I got a team meeting here this afternoon at about 5 PM and hopefully I'll be home by six 30 or seven. And that's a good day. You know, the other day, on Sunday, for example, I start baking at 4 a.m. So I'll be in here, in here at 4 a.m. And I'll be baking all the donuts for the day with one of my apprentices and we'll be hopefully out by about one. So I think the short answer is no two days are the wow. exactly the same. I kind of as a business owner just go wherever I need to and wherever we're short staffed or wherever, you know, the staff member needs a hand. Um, but to say you're always working would be an understatement, whether it's on emails or on social media on editing the social media videos, on running the business, on developing the new Maven menu. There's always something to be done. And you've got time for this podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, no really, at all. really looking forward to Dessert Masters. Uh, wishing the best of luck with that. And of course, with Bistro Morgan and the new restaurant coming up. Uh, Morgan, thank you for joining me here at TV Central. Thanks for having me, mate. All right, that was Morgan Hitworth, star of Dessert Masters, premiering 12th of November 2023 at 7.30 p.m. on 10 and 10 Play. If you're in Melbourne, you can pop into Bistro Morgan in Windsor and Fitzroy, and you can follow Morgan uh, at Instagram at Morgan Hitworth. He also has a great book uh, made by Morgan available now. Well, that's it for this podcast. Uh, for all the latest news, streaming options, ratings, television guides, and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. But for now, I'm Aaron Ryan, and thank you to Morgan Hitworth. Bye for now. 